Hi guys, welcome back. This is Doug Fletcher and you're listening to What's the Hazard? This is our podcast about workplace safety and health, uh, coming to you with uh, guys that, that practice this every day. So, My guests today are Jim Steele from Airlight Plastics, safety manager, safety director, safety director, all those things probably. Environmental health and safety director. Okay, DHS. and Jeff Springer, process marketing group, our subject matter expert, uh, out there every day fighting the good fight about fall protection, ladder safety, confined space entry, all of those things. Thanks for being here, guys. Um, I do want to thank all my sponsors, CCS Group, Safety Reports, <clears throat> Medical Enterprises, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, and most recently, Mid-America Martial Arts. Thank you, everyone, for making this possible. I appreciate it. We are doing OSHA shorts right now, so we are diving into the OSHA most frequently cited, uh, trying to talk about you know why, why these continue to hit the list and what we can do about it. So we have gotten to... Personal protective equipment, and this uh, the citation specifically refers to eye protection, but let's just talk about PPE in general, okay? We can talk about eye protection, but just a PPE program and why PPE is challenging and, you know, what we, what we can do about it, maybe what you've seen or what you do yourselves to uh, implement an effective PPE program. So um, I'll start with the job hazard analysis portion. I mean, we are, we are required by the... Uh, the the regulation 1910-132, I think, in it, general yeah, industry, yeah. and uh, it requires us to do uh, basically a job hazard analysis, a job safety analysis, to determine where PPE might be necessary to protect our employees. And so that really is step number one, and um, and that is often missed. Mm-hmm. You go in, I go into places, and I I see employees wearing PPE. But if I ask about a job hazard analysis, they have no idea what I'm talking about, or they, I don't know how they got there. You know, there's right. kind of a there's a method to that madness, and uh, that seems to be a challenge for many employers. Any any job hazard analysis insights, or just you know PPE like program to, insights at Airlight, and, and the programs I've always developed always start with a with a job hazard analysis. But it's not just for PPE; it's for all the hazards. Absolutely. You, so, just for the listener, really quickly, in a nutshell, it's it's basically you take a job, break it down into its basic component steps, and then you take each one of those little components and you uh, you ask what are the hazards that arise in those components components of the job. And then once you've got a really good list of all the hazards related to each step of the job, then you go back and ask, well, how are we going to control this hazard? How are we going to control this one? And so you systematically go through and do that. And as a result of that, PPE ends up coming up that, you know, think, well, products flying across the room or whatever, then, okay, safety glasses, what about a face shield? So that's kind of how you arrive at that and all the other safety rules that you're going to have. And so we basically built our entire safety program. All the safety rules come down to that process. Nice, as so, it should. I think yeah. that's the intent. Yeah, so you can, and it gets to, what we, gets to what we were talking about earlier, if you listen to the earlier podcast, that the employees really need to understand why. If you can explain why, you're, you're halfway home to getting them to comply with it, you know. Absolutely. And, and the JJ Rather than just to, dictating, you are right. going to blank. Right, you're going to wear safety glasses. You're going to wear this, you're going to do that, whatever, that, right. uh, you know. I think if people want to know, people know why they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Typically, there you certainly you've removed one of the bigger obstacles. If I don't understand why, I have a hard time doing it. I, I tell the story. Of my uh, uh, some people stop for a stop sign because uh, because uh, it, you have to stop because you, you don't want your insurance rates to go up. You don't want to run somebody over. You don't want to hurt. You don't want to crash. You don't want all of these things. You don't want. There's a very few people that stop for the stop sign simply because it says stop. 
right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> if that's the only reason, I'm just blowing right on through it. That's you right. Know? Yeah. yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Good point. But I think that is a yeah, good so point. So knowing why helps a lot. It gets you past some of the hurdles that, that yeah. the bulk of the people have. Right. And, and I think, as you said, every, everything is based on this job hazard analysis. And whether you do it formally, whether you've done it informally, whether you even are aware that you've done it, I think we all conduct this mental exercise to determine what those hazards are and how can we pr- protect ourselves from those hazards. And there are certainly OSHA requires us to provide uh, people, well, fo- follow the hierarchy of control, first of all, and we, we've talked about that, but to provide the appropriate PPE for those hazards, uh, typically PPE would be uh, rated or have some kind of a consensus standard approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it meets certain criteria, things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think we all do. I, I've gone into a number of places, as we said. You know, uh, they've got PPE in place. They're using it. And when I ask about the job hazard analysis, they don't necessarily know what I'm talking about or referring to. Right. But they've run a mental exercise. You know, even if it's not documented appropriately, they've done it in their minds. And, you know, they believe something's important or someone has told them, as you said, I mean, you guys need to wear safety glasses for that or something like that. But, but um, I think, you know, companies still get cited frequently for PPE, either not using it or using the wrong PPE or, you know. Um, it goes back to the behaviors, though. I mean, I just thought about this. You know, I get hired at Airlight and go in, and right away they're like, we're a safe company. We have a safe call. So what does that do for me? Oh, well, then I guess I don't have to do anything. It's like our kids. They, I mean, we spoon feed them everything, and you, you, yeah, it has to be more involved in asking them questions and making sure they know, no, no, no. Yeah, we have a safe culture. It's, it's uh, interactive, though. You have to do your part. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else, any other partnership that works, they have to do their part. The employer doing the uh, job hazard analysis, getting the right equipment, seeing what's new, like glasses. I mean, finding out, asking that person, why don't you wear them? Well, they fog up. Yeah. Calling somebody like myself and saying, do you have some that don't? And for 40 years, they've all said anti-fog and they're not. Mm-hmm. Now there is on the market, Are the there? last two, oh my gosh. Think about this. All these job sites that have to wear a mask right now, put oh, on yeah. glasses. They fog up immediately. Immediately. For probably three months ago, that's, the, I, that's all the calls I got. After we got through, do you have respirators and mass and stuff there are some out there they don't fog up so you know working together and getting through this behavioral you know what is this mindset of this person that's going into work um i'm going to do my job i'm going to get through the day no you have to get in their head and make sure that they know how much you care about them and then that they're you're you know the input counts and why didn't they have it on right because the right equipment's out there there's no reason why they shouldn't be Right. Yeah. You know, wearing the right equipment. And just overcoming the objections, like you said. I think that's the, the big reason that employers maybe fall short of the chosen ideal is that they, they don't address people's objections to it mm-hmm. in a satisfactory that's way. That's a good point. Yeah. Very good point. And these masks, like we're wearing now, I mean, those are that's the big objection I'm getting now. Well, my glasses fog up. And you just have to take the extra time to squeeze it down. And yes, get that, absolutely. Get it that, to fit a little, yeah, bit get more fit a little bit better appropriately or... The ones that are made when you make them at home, if they put a little, uh, this one lady made them and she put a paper clip, she straightened a paper clip out and she sewed that into the bridge of the mm. nose and yeah. you could form it to your nose. Yeah, is that what you, right. yeah, there's one in here. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can form it over Gives your you nose. A little bit but, of, yeah. Right. So a little, a little objections like that. Sort. And if you actually did that for an employee, you know, then he knows yeah. you care enough about his safety glasses that you're going to go to that extra mile 
so that it doesn't right. fog up on them, right. then the chances of them not wearing it, uh, the employees that really care what the expectation mm-hmm. is, they're going to do it if they can. Yeah. You know, the ones that don't, again, you send them to work for your competitor. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think there are occasions where the omission of PPE, you know, uh, is somewhat just um, absent-mindedness. You know, I just got in a hurry. I took them off so I could read a document, and then I put them back down, or I put them around my neck. And I I think those are more common than just the malicious, I'm not wearing it. Right. But I've had people in the past tell me I can't get my employees to wear their PPE. And See, to me, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 30 years ago, I worked in a place, and they had these goggles that tore into your skin. That was different. Like, you saw these uh, frontline workers in April, and they had scars on their face from wearing goggles and stuff. Goggles aren't like that anymore. Glasses aren't like that anymore. It's all, everything's got to be fashionable and comfortable, or nobody's going to wear it. So whether it's gloves, hard hats, glasses, I mean, all of this stuff is so there's i guess there's better equipment out there but then it comes down to the cost thing so you got to kind of balance that but to get them to wear it you know buy them what they want that that meets the job hazard analysis that you did yeah overcome the objections and and care for it i think that is common Uh, i see oftentimes where the ppe is not well cared for it's not stored very um appropriately perhaps just kind of thrown on the on the desk or the counter, the t- the workbench, whatever, thrown in the toolbox. Expecting people back. to share it too. I think that's a you. Yeah, that's you a tough to put one. on someone else's safety glasses. Yeah, that was always a little bit of an objection, but now in today's with this COVID and everything yeah. else, that's I just agree. not going to happen. I'm not going to yeah. be breathing into that face mask behind mm-hmm. Sally or Joe or whatever. I would agree. I I see that frequently uh, with like face shields. Mm-hmm. You see face shields just out in the work yeah. environment. Yeah. They're dirty. Uh, yeah, the, the the little uh, the band around the forehead <laughs> is all sweaty and dirty uh, and covered with crap and uh, and uh, this is the option this is what you've provided me to wear I, I think with just a little bit of forethought we could store that stuff a little bit better it could be immediately available you can have it right at the point of use uh, but I like the idea I mean personalizing PPE you know hopefully that gives the individual a little bit more ownership and they take a little bit better care of it not yeah. everyone but I would certainly hope right. that's the case. One of the, we, when I was with uh, Fallowitz Construction, one of the things is I always offered people the opportunity to go down to uh, Libra Safety, uh, and uh, they should sponsor you now that I mentioned that, by the right. way. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give I them would, a call. Thank I'll you. give them a buzz. Let them know, hey, listen up. Anyway, but I would, I would let them go down there and pick out their own. I said, I don't care what you wear. You go down there and pick out something the most stylish, whatever, as long as it has the ANSI standard, and you'll wear it. Go get that. Right. And so you overcome those objections, and pretty soon they, you know, they're like, okay, well, they'll either surrender to it or they know you care enough that they're going to give you their discretionary energy like we talked about right. earlier. That's a great point. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, I think and, and you mentioned this too, both of you have commented on this, the more you engage the employee in some of those choices or decision-making processes, you give them some ownership of that, I think buy-in is significantly greater, uh, you know, and, and compliance will be better. If you right. give them some alternative, you just hand them that, Crappy pair of, you know, the kind my dad wore in the factory 40 right. years ago. Um, good luck getting people to wear those. And, uh, you know, they're not they're probably the, not as. The hazard analysis, too, one of the things at Airlight. So we have a lot of packers. Everybody has to wear safety glasses, but some people need them more than others. And the people that are they're considered packers, they put the plastic in the box, essentially. Uh, for them, we just require that they have the side shield. So we provide these, these temporary rubber side shields. They're ANSI approved but just on their, the glasses that they want to wear. And if they're glasses they already wear and they want to wear them and they have a side shield on them, 
we've reduced the risk, I think, sufficiently in that particular mm-hmm. job that I don't worry about that. I allow them to, right. to wear those. And I think, you know, being open-minded as a safety professional and, and recognize, well, what is the hazard and, and what can I do to accommodate them? And that was just a, an accommodation. I don't want them to all have to go get a special pair of glasses. The, the maintenance people, people that really are impact, you know, they're using impact tools, things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you step it up a notch, but, sure, but be willing to, to, to accommodate. That's a good know. point. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And it is interesting, too, because um, if you've done a job hazard analysis, if you've documented it, and, for example, you'd have an OSHA visit and an OSHA person might question something, mm-hmm. you know, in the absence of that job hazard analysis, you are easily subject to citation, right? Mm-hmm. If they think you should have something that you don't have or you're using something different than what they believe is appropriate, right. in the absence of that JHA documentation, you're going to get cited. Right. But if you have, you've got a, you can show them your thought process and how mm-hmm. you selected certain controls. <clears throat> I think you, you stand a much better chance to uh, defend yourself from that citation. If you can show them, we, we did the job hazard analysis on this. We believe this is the appropriate PB. Certainly, if you disagree, we'll consider your, right, your opinion, recommendations. But, but you know, we've and I think it, it really protects you as a company on a number of levels if you've done that analysis. So that's right. interesting. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Uh, any closing comments, guys? PPE. It's always kind of been a struggle, you know, just getting people to do wear the PPE. And I think we've touched on a few things that are really important: selecting appropriate PPE that's also comfortable or stylish or whatever whatever drives that employee to be um, compliant, um, identifying the appropriate PPE. And as you said, not not necessarily holding everybody to the same level. I mean, yeah, some, some, some risk is greater than others. Yeah, use some discretion in your enforcement of it and, exactly. and your expectations, you know. Yeah. The cookie cutter idea when you go into a company, it always makes me cringe a bit when they say everybody has to do X. I kind of like that, that you, you, you set it up, but you also set yourself up for people to, to really resist it as yeah. well. So, yeah. you know, people like a little independence where you can give it. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a very good point. Excellent, guys. I, I think they're, uh, we're right on 10 minutes or 15, whatever the <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, thank you very much for being here today. Um, we covered a lot of material in a short time. Hopefully, we've given some people some useful information, certainly something to think about. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with more information. Uh, just keep keep your focus on why, and you're going to be all right. We'll talk to you later. A Parkville Media Production.